Good morning, it is TJ from the future here. As you can tell by the fact that my voice isn't warmed up, sound a little more nasally. Uh, even than usual. More, nas- more nasally even for me. And the other person who doesn't sound great this episode is Leonard. Uh, he is still on vacation. Omo is in a hotel room somewhere when we recorded this. The audio comes from his phone, which is a perfectly good microphone. It's very cheap to get good audio these days, but it did unfortunately pick up a whole bunch of sound from the hotel room and like the street nearby and somebody started showering near him uh and i think i did i think i did an all right job of cleaning it up it sounds like legible but if you're listening to this episode and you're thinking to yourself man leonard sounds terrible that is why plus he actually just sounds like that in person if you ever talk to him that's what he sounds like so it should be better next week. Uh, he'll be back in Singapore. He'll be back at his home PC. So thank you very much for putting up with it. Thank you very much for listening. I will let TJ from the past take it away. Hello and welcome to episode number nine of Out of Hand, our weekly podcast about League of Legends Wild Rift. My name is TJ and I'm joined as always by WCS Castor and former League of Legends PC coach Oma. That's the best introduction you've given me. Yeah. Normally I'm just like, I'm here with a dude. But I'll tell you what happened today. I uh-huh. remade all my templates in my notes note software. So that's like the new and revised intro. That I like I'm it. going to do some variation on every time we do the show from now on. Because I finally went through and undid all the kind of vestigial notes from when we were still <laughs> figuring out the format of the show. Yes. It's a lot. It's a lot cleaner now. I like it. I like yeah. having a proper introduction. Uh, I've got one bullet point here that's very important, and a couple others mm-hmm. we can take or leave. So why don't we jump into the very important bullet point, and then we can kind of move on, depending on how time gets us there. Uh, but we promised it. We teased it last episode. I think you were the one that said it. You said, "Let's do a patch review of the big patch for the upcoming <laughs> tournament." Uh, that of is the very big patch mean. that everyone's playing on. Once we've had yeah, a little my... bit of time to, to touch on it, to play with it. So here we are. That's the game plan for today. My goal in saying that was to try to push it off and not do it. And right. it came back to bite me in the ass, which is very typical. Well, first of all, that is very typical. It's very funny. And second of all, you got a week. I've been busy, man. I flew to so Melbourne. You, you're telling me you don't have strong opinions about Echo yet? Oh, well, I heard some things, but champions are so expensive in this game. (sighs) Leonard, I get so much free currency from Riot Games employees. Riot Games? Hit me up? Where's mine? (laughs) You know, like, six of them! It's just Bond would never give you anything for free. Yes, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) So what do I really do in this situation, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, you're just, it's just a bad time for you. But all the all the Riot Games people, I think Julian Pastry Time Car, shout out to the JPC, gave me a whole bunch of his free currency. <laughs> the JPC. That's what we call nice. them. Nice. Um, and so I, I've just never had to actually buy anything in this game. Um, wow. Brilliant. But it, it's That's pretty so great. fair. Uh, also, part of what helps me stay young and limber is that I don't play jungle, so... I haven't played yeah. a ton of Echo. Uh, I messed around with him in the practice tool. I did get him with the intention of playing him in games, um, mm-hmm. but I didn't uh, queue into yeah, well, the role when I was looking for him. But I talked to Mark Rafa Arambile, who is the highest rated jungler I play with regularly. He's pretty darn good. I talked to a couple of the pros. 
Uh, you mentioned that you did as well, so let's kind of get a litmus test there, and then we can talk about him kind of going forward. Yeah, so for me primarily, right, I'm not going to talk about the the usual jungle mid AP Echo. We all know about that. But I had a couple theories that when Echo came out, given the itemization possible in this game, that we might see a return of Baron Lane Echo, right? Like the tank Echo build that they used to play back in League PC that was like Turbo Cancer, where he had like Sunfire Cave or Icebound Gauntlet, something like that. I heard that there were people playing Echo top lane with Divine Sunderer. But I think we'll need to look a little bit more into it. It still seems like AP is the best itemization for now. But maybe we see that, you know, come to light a bit. Yeah, the HP itemization is really cool because it basically just gives him the double HP bar, right? It lets yeah. him get it lets him use that rewind ultimate to its maximum potential because it gives him more HP to burn as a resource. Does that make yeah, sense? Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. And he's just extremely annoying. He just sticks to your carry and mm -hmm. follows you around. And when you nearly kill him, he gets out full HP bar again. And that lines up with what I was going to say, which is that when I've met Echoes who try to kill me, it's not been very difficult to deal with them. When I've met Echoes who want to just annoy me, it has been miserable. Yeah, that sounds like the, the top lane, baron lane tank Echo that I know. I do um, want to ask you though, since I haven't actually encountered the champion all that much, I haven't played it myself, does he have the damage to one shot with like a full rotation? I'm going to say no, but again, that is me playing into him on the North American server. So like, sure. probably... So maybe you get some w, right. WCK, I, I WPL. He would need it. a lead and you would need to itemize 100% correctly, is my okay, read. Okay, so follow-up question. Follow-up question is, does his Q one-shot minion waves at a certain level breakpoint? Because those are the key questions you need to be asking for Echo. I uh, haven't seen it. But again, every Echo I've played right. against, I've beaten so okay. my my suspicion based on the power levels that i've seen is that he gets very good if you uh get an get a lead decently early um, okay cool and i don't know whether or not that means he's good or not i think that means he's really scary in solo queue um as he tends to be yeah the kind of thing that happens in solo queue i don't know if we'll see him in pro based on what we've seen so far okay sounds about right now um all right uh let's talk kind of one of the things that isn't in 3.2 is kind of interesting uh elemental elemental drake yeah, is still getting its that, own right? game mode okay cool just double checking on that <laughs> uh, but with elemental drake still being its own game mode not being in the main game that of course means we there won't are talk about it uh icons tournament is going to be played without elemental rifts and then it will at some point come in afterwards uh, but the big right thing after. they did as a consequence of their testing with the elemental drakes is they moved the spawn time of dragons and objectives back yes i love that i think that's a much needed change i would not elaborate Okay, well, I was leaving that space for you to elaborate. I could tell. <laughs> um, that means that it was an interviewing technique. If you just leave this space, sometimes people just fill it. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to wait for you to start talking so I could interrupt okay. you, and then that makes it more satisfying for me. Sure. <laughs> then I'll say... Okay, so why I want to... Why I want it to be increased is because I think that... 
yeah, there's just no laning phase in Wild Rift, even though you say, oh, it's just an extra minute, right? I think that extra minute is actually going to make a difference. There's no consequence to losing lane. You just ditch your lane, you go fight at a dragon, you go fight at a Harrow, you get solo killed once or twice, it doesn't even matter. You die once or twice to a gank, it doesn't even matter. I think another minute can be punishing. Uh, and I think that's true. I will say the early laning phase is longer, obviously, and that's, I think, the least entertaining part of the game for me <laughs> um because it has I'm no seen... stakes right think about it that way because it has no stakes winning or no, losing I've played League of Legends you PC anything. where it's 10 yeah. minutes of very important gameplay and I it's very boring <laughs> well there, there's a lot of a uh, like a lot of a uh, what's the word I'm looking for here not minutiae, but something close to that like there's a lot of detail yeah. I guess I won't use a fancy word I'll just say detail there's no. a lot of detail to the laning phase that, uh, no, I, I, I get really cool it. Laning phase out. is complicated, and it's kind of fun to watch played at a high level. It's just very boring to play, in my opinion. So what I kind sure. of liked about League of Legends uh, Wild Rift was that it didn't really have a laning phase, yeah. and now it does. That's not really <laughs> a win. It's not the best viewer experience, but I like it for competitiveness. Yeah. Yes, so it is going to mean that it's easier to, like, this is one of the reasons why I think this is really an AD carry patch. Because it is going to mean that it's yeah. easier for characters that need to scale up in lane to get some free scaling. So that kind of runway is longer or shorter. Uh, I don't know how the analogy works. They're already the moving down the runway by the time they need to take off. They're not just having to start. It's gone. Anyway, it, I think it's no, good for AD carries. On, the counterpoint to that is that if you're playing champions that are meant to like stomp these lanes, so for example, let's use Kale as a very extreme example, or like something like a, I don't know, like a Seraphim mid or something that wants to scale a little bit, Ariana mid, Kale top, that kind of thing, right? If you pick picks that are supposed to stomp them in lane, you have an extra minute to work with before they just ditch the lane and go to the dragon fight or something like that. And I think that extra minute could really mean a lot. Everyone will have their outs by then, and then some. Like, I expect to see a lot more. Like, the best part I think that this will... The best thing I think this will allow for is, especially when you consider champions that are very out-reliant, timing-reliant, Twisted Fate Rengar. Let's use that as an example. Once you hit level 5, you tend to be cautious about how and when you use your ulti given a 4-minute objective spawn, right? But if you're considering a 5-minute objective spawn, you're happy to use it the moment you hit 5, find the timing there, and you probably get it up for the dragon fight. Which is nice. We're going to see more action, I hope, in the early game. Well, I mean, this was the other way I was going to go at it, is I play support, and I played support in Arena of Valor as well, which had a kind of mandated... Sure. Sorry? I don't know what Arena of Valor is, but sure. Never heard of <laughs> and it. And it had a kind of mandated laning phase, and the thing that uh, supports did do, and I certainly did, and no one on the North American server knew how to do this, and so I got a whole bunch of free wins, is in mobile games, Wild Rift included, you're not tied to lane. You need to get sure. XP from somewhere, but that can be anywhere, man. Exactly. And I agree so with if, that. So if you've got an Ash or a Varus chilling in lane, these supports should be doing the Arena of Valor thing now that they have time and being a second jungler, whether that means literally rotating and speeding up the jungle clear, which is Arena of Valor meta, or whether that means roaming between lanes while the jungle is getting their first few clears in, and being that kind of CC presence that can win lane for people. Either way, it's going to put more agency in the support's hands if they are bold enough to seize it.
So I'm happy about that. Yeah, that's a very good way to put it. I like that too. Good change. So overall, yes. Uh, the other thing I've been doing is trying to pick up AD carry though, and so that's going to be more boring. <laughs> Playing AD carry <laughs> just got more boring. <laughs> Do you think that Moxman, like, I, I guess we can, okay, let's not use Lucian as an example, right? Because I think Lucian is the best, like, Moxman in the next patch, if he isn't already on this patch, right? Besides Lucian, do you think there's any other Moxman that's going to really come to prominence outside of, like, Varus and Ash, that kind of thing? Um, any auto-attack reliant Moxman that will yeah, benefit from I was going to say changes? Ezreal. I think Ezreal is very good right now. I wouldn't um, necessarily count him as an auto-attack. Oh, well, I guess there aren't many left. Yeah, I, I, I actually think Kaiso with Lethal Tempo is really scary. Sure, yeah. Kraken um, Slayer as well. Well, what I've what I've been doing with Kaisa is building her... You're going to laugh. You would tell, you're would you going to tell me to never play the game again. What I've been doing <laughs> is I've been playing uh, Lethal Tempo, which, gives you, which is the new rune that gives you a sped-up auto-attack the longer you're auto-attacking. So kind of like Conqueror, but for attack speed. And sure. so I've been running that on Kaiser, which means I complete my stacks quicker. It's easier for me to get those six marks on a single target. And then building through Hextech Gunblade into full AP. And so every time I complete six stacks, I just one-shot somebody. And get yeah, all the damage I'm think. doing back as health. It's not as wild as you think. Mid, mid uh, Kaiser was a pretty big thing for a while. Uh, a very short while, but it was a pretty big thing for a while. It kind of rules. I'm having a pretty great time really building fun. AP Kaiser. It's really fun. Um, especially because people in lane always build armor. <laughs> and then I hit him with a Void Seeker and half their HP's gone because they built Dead Man's Plate first item. Having a great time. <laughs> um, let's talk about that. We're, we're kind of meandering all the way around here. Yeah. Um, let's, let's actually finish out the system changes. Uh... And then we'll go to runes, and then we'll go to maybe some of the characters that are interesting. Because this is a big patch. 3.2 is huge. Um, down here on the system changes, uh, they, they said that they wanted to buff casting junglers, uh, like Morgana, I guess. You, the famous jungler everyone likes playing, Morgana. <laughs> um, she has a so ridiculous clear, though. Having, well, now it's even more ridiculous yeah, because... Exactly. Uh, anyone who's running Smite gets 15% more damage to monsters. Yeah. Um, and this is uh. this is skill damage, so it is not 15% more damage on Smite. It is 15% more damage from their skills that they use normally to clear monster camps. Uh, and previously it was a 10% buff, so it's pretty significant as a turn up, 5% increased. And they're doing true damage now as well to buffs so that's True. nice yeah me um fun fact i mean i don't know how relevant this is but uh in getting the bronze medal at sea games famed singaporean jungler ssk pulled out evelyn to great effect yeah i have been seeing some evelyn recently in some pickup games some high yellow pickup games um and i guess this was my question does this do what they say it does, or is this one of those patch notes that you are reading with me, and you're going, "Well, this is just gonna make the this is just gonna make jacks happen more. This is just a jacks buff. This is just undoing all the nerfs they did to stop the game from being jacks farms for twenty minutes and then wins." I feel like it's it's gonna be that a little bit again. 
I mean, with the extra one minute he has to farm before the dragon, which I feel is champions, which I feel are champions. True. Uh, also, know, yeah. my well. That's their weakest timing, so it's going to help a lot for that. Um, it w it is also another window though for something like a Lee Sin or a Zin Zhao to early gank, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, that's so, true. So th I like the change. You know, I like the change. <laughs> so I feel like you could spin that either way. I do worry this damage to monsters is going to make stuff like jacks, stuff like graves, scaling junglers, just be able to farm faster. And so it, it won't really change the meta. Um, maybe I'm wrong about that. I hope I'm wrong, though. I hope so, but it seems likely that that will be the easiest possibility. The easiest Cause, cause eventuality. It's also that, and we see this even with Chinese teams who are willing to try a lot of things, if you've put thousands of hours into Jax, and there's a buff that makes him slightly better, your first instinct for the pro tournament is going to be to play the champion you've put thousands of hours in, not try something wild and new like Morgana. I mean, Morgana's been a around for a while in PC, so that's something to consider as well, but I do think Jax is going to be... He's going to be the king, especially considering how cracked some of their junglers are. Yeah. Uh, control boards. Do we want to talk about control boards? What's uh, there to talk about? <laughs> so control boards, of course, are something that have existed in League of Legends PC for a while, and yes. they're being brought over now. Uh, and the big advantages they have in League of Legends Wild Rift over standard wards is that they stay around forever, uh, and they reveal other wards that get put down so you can destroy them. The disadvantage, they don't go stealthed, so it's very easy for the enemy to destroy them. And unlike League of Legends PC, in League of Legends PC, if you put down a control ward and somebody else puts down a ward that is revealed by that control ward, the revealed ward doesn't give you vision. Yeah. Here in Wild Rift, the control ward doesn't actually really control an area. Sure. Um, it gives you vision, so it's useful for locking down a contested area, for giving you... Yeah. Uh, advantaged control, but very often I will have a control ward down and somebody else will put a ward in that bush and then be able to destroy the control ward whilst I'm destroying their ward. So they will get a one-for-one -one trade on the control ward. Well, I think, well, I'm going to look at it from the context of a, of a, a team's perspective, right? And I think that in that case, most of the times, it should be pretty illegal for someone to walk up and destroy a control ward in an area that you're controlling because that means that someone on your team is not doing their job because that should not be allowed to happen. If someone walks up and hits a control ward in an area that you're controlling, you should be able to pull the trigger and turn most of the time. Yeah, I, and they do they do that, right? They pull people yes. forward. They demand your attention yes. in a way that is still useful. Like, I'm not saying that they aren't useful compared to League of Legends PC. Oh, no. Yeah, they but definitely But they have are. very carefully been made slightly less powerful. Good. Uh, I, th I think it's much needed, by the way, because I'm going to go ahead and say that control wards are really, really broken. Oh, in, God, in, the uh, League of Legends PC coach coming out. <laughs> no, like, more broken than they are in, in PC. Because... Like, you look at how vital things like, like dragon fights and baron fights are, right? I feel like control wards just really let a winning team dominate the area. And if that happens, then what can a losing team really do? Like, they need a miracle to walk in, face check, and, and get control. And that's never going to happen against a good team. 
Yeah, I I think the big thing that they're adding to Wild Rift is they're making a little bit. They're making it more about vision, because yes, I know just many good. games you, the the wards just die so quickly. What that, what? <laughs> yeah, the teams can only really set up vision in their immediate surroundings, and it's very difficult to get vision on the opposite side of the map, being sneaky yeah. or something like that. It's very difficult to have the heroic ward that lets you know where the enemy jungler is and informs your entire play. Because yes. the wards die so quickly that you kind of only light up your immediate surroundings. Um, so I think I think it will make the game more cerebral. I think it will reward tactical play. Um, they're they're not going to be as useful as PC wards, but or PC I'm control true. wards. But I think they're going to be uh, still very good. I think they need they needed to be nerfed for Wild Rift. 100%. Because, and I still think they're going to be extremely strong in Wild Rift. I feel like we will see teams just, winning teams especially, just run like four or five control wards. I think four. Mm. I think four is the play. Four plus one sweeper is probably what we're going to see for winning teams. And they just are going to choke out the losers. I do feel you need... Because control wards actually kind of inversely to PC don't do a very good job at locking down objective vision. They're actually pretty bad at that. Sure. Because if you put a control ward, it's permanently revealed, and it doesn't deny vision. So it's very easy for somebody with a ranged attack to, for instance, if you put a control ward inside the Baron pit, walk up yeah. on the opposite side of the wall and just mow it down. Um, That's true. So I feel like you do need normal wards still. Uh, but at the same time, they should not be allowed to approach and mow it down. That's the counterpoint. Like, by the time they get up there and touch the control wall, like, that should not be allowed. Uh, I I think I, on, I'm i talking about, like, map play. I'm not talking about sure. in, like, sure. a two-teams-trying-to-do-that-run okay, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. situation. Sure. If it's a 5v5, then not yes, the I'm dance. with you. But sure. yeah. if, if, I mean, for, like, if I want to put a ward on Baron, it cannot yeah. be a control ward even though yeah, that would fair. seem to be the logical use for it, because it's very easy to spot out and remove that bit of vision. Yeah, what, I, what I'm trying to say is, if you're in a winning scenario, then I see nothing wrong with running a 4 plus 1. I think, I think that might, in fact, be the ideal setup for a winning team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's some nerdy stuff about tenacity, which basically means everyone is stunned and slowed for a little bit more. Um... No, I don't. I don't know if I have a super strong opinion about that. I don't especially. I'm like... not gonna read that. It's too much math. I'm just gonna feel it out when I play the game. Okay. Well, Nudge. everyone. Everyone is going to get stunned or slowed slightly more. It should be so little that you don't really notice it. Essentially, sure. Uh, uh, building CC reduction, termed as tenacity, is now uh, slightly less powerful, but anyone who is stacking a ton of tenacity was already stacking max tenacity anyway, so sure. I don't actually yeah. know if it's gonna affect, like, you would need to do even more nerdy math to work that out. Um, I don't know. I, I'm nerdy enough. It probably doesn't matter if you notice CBA, that you're stunned man. more. I think, I think it's good, because a lot of the places that tenacity comes from is, like, runes and stuff that yeah. are invisible. So it's always good when there's less being decided by invisible runes somewhere. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I'm just ugh, such a drag. I just played a game and see. All right. Well, let's talk about the new runes. Um, <laughs> Can I just say that they say that Cannon and Morgana will take ultimate shield? And I can tell you that Cannon and Morgana will never take ultimate shield. 
Uh, Maybe why? Morgana. I, I don't think you need it because you think about the play pattern for a champion like Cannon. You flash in, you out, you go golden anyway. So right. what's a... Uh, well, maybe you don't go golden. Maybe you run Proto Belt, right? But, but, but like, also, if you land the ult, everyone's stunned. Yeah, and everyone's stunned. Everyone's dead. So, like, why do you need a shield that gives you what... Uh, I'm not going to do the math here. But exactly. Like, it's just pointless. Maybe Morgana, but definitely not Cannon. Maybe Morgana. I, I've been running Ultimate Shield on Soraka. I'm trying to think it through. I, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Because Probably when I press, the, best, the, when I press the, the alt button, it's usually yeah. because someone's jumping on me and I seem fine. So the panic button now gives me a little bit of extra shielding in the middle but of the But if you button. use it to try to save teammates, then it does nothing. True. But then I have a shield then I can, that I can use more offensively, that I can step forward and burn some HP on the shield, as opposed to actually losing... My HP, which is a resource. And I, was, I, I don't know if that's an efficient use. It was just like a, hey, I can use this, and whenever I get a new option, I try to use it as, as aggressively as possible. Yeah, I've fair. also been trying to run Ixtali Seed Jar in the last couple of weeks, uh, which is the item that has been in the game this entire time that lets you pick that up fruit nothing. and put it down somewhere else, and nobody else has ever used it other than me. And every time I build it, my entire team <laughs> flames me. And they're right, it sucks. It's a terrible item. But one time, we were in the middle of a team fight, and I put a blast cone down and used the blast cone to disengage from the team fight. And that was pretty cool. You should have clipped that. That's a Twitter clip right there. <laughs> clip that and send it to the Wild Rift devs, and they can feel vindicated. They can be like, I told you it was a good idea. You know there's one dude Wait, sorry. who, like, Ixtali Sinjaris' baby. He's like, this is the best item that nobody's using. And if the pros actually learned how to use it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just trying to defend a shit item, but sure. <laughs> Kraken Slayer. So Kraken Slayer. Kraken Slayer. We're talk about Kraken I think Kraken Slayer is cracked. Okay. I think Kraken Slayer is what's going to bring Marksman back. Can you imagine Lucian with Kraken Slayer? Kraken Slayer is the only thing that lets Marksman be relevant on PC, basically. Crack and so, yes, but I think the Kraken Slayer is relatively useless in this game because how many people are actually HP stacking to such a degree that you need Kraken Slayer? And, like, Lucian is a very good use case because that's where it's, like, Double scary tap, yeah. during the early game if somebody is big HP, then you don't have the tools to deal with it. But I play, like, Garen and stuff, and late-game AD carries in Wild Rift do not need a Kraken Slayer. It will help them, they will be scarier. Really? But I'm going to build the item... What I have to do every game if I'm building an HP-scaling champion is I have to build the item uh, whose name I'm blanking on. It's a component item... Warden's Mail? The Warden's Mail, thank you. Yeah. That limits how much damage an individual auto-attack can do to me. And sure. I have to build that every game anyway, because there are enough HP, yes. percent HP damage items now that people build them and my Garen gets shredded. So I yes, don't really fair. see how Kraken Slayer is going to be any different. I think it's going to help. I think it's definitely going to help. I can see it's it help early champs like a... Uh, let me just try to think about which champs are going to use it. There's not many attack speed champs right now, right? Lucian. Caitlyn. Vayne. Sorry? Caitlyn. Kaisa. I, I, I still think Caitlyn's terrible. 
I think Kaisa is going to be between Lethal Temple, Kraken. I don't think she'll take Conk anymore. I think these two wins are just way better. I'm so happy we can finally see Dragonlanas take something other than Conqueror. I, I always thought that was terrible. <laughs> it's just so sad seeing them stack Conqueror. I was playing Sano with... Um, don't say Conqueror. Summon Aerie. Yeah, it's not the I'm worst. I'm having a pretty good time. Yeah, it's not the worst. Summon Airy, Grasp. Uh, is there the slowing one in this game? <laughs> I should um, know this. Well, but... you can do you can do Scorch now, alongside yeah whatever yeah. your first is. So I've been going. That was that was part of my Sun build. I mean, I always like Scorched. I, I always like Scorch. So yeah, I'm a Scorch fan. Ten second cooldown is pretty good as well. So that helps. Yep. Couple this with the extra minute on laning phase. Let's say you proc it another like three, four times. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, the ones I thought were going to be super important. Uh, nullifying orb is just like free bonus HP that'll make squishy assassins a little bit more annoying. Sure. Um, yeah. th there, it's also being used in turn oh. for a whole bunch of pretty useless runes. Like the resolve tree is pretty empty. Wait, um, nullifying up isn't just for magic damage in this game. No. In PC, nullifying up only blocks magic damage. Um, yeah, that's that's more than that. It's 80 roll plus uh, however much AP or AD you have gives you more shield. Yeah, so, I think that rune's broken. That's broken. That's not fair. It, that's a broken it, it's rune. felt, especially because so many of the resolve options feel like they don't do anything. Like they nerfed Titan, they nerf, nerfed Second Wind. So, so not having bone plating and, uh, um, fuck, what's that one called? The uh, Second Wind, yeah, and bone plating, it's going to hurt you in lane. But this is so cracked once you go out of lane. Like, this is so broken. What, once you this have is literally AD a free AP numbers, this saves you. It's a free Immortal Shubal. For, for your carry. It's it's completely broken. Yeah. I think this rune looks really strong. You just lose a bit of power in lane, but you know, I think it's a worthy, worthy trade. Um, so I am excited for that. That was like the big thing we pulled yeah, out. A lot of people broken. were talking to me about Nimbus Cloak. Um, my hot take yeah, was I like that Nimbus you Cloak. My hot take was that you don't really need Nimbus Cloak in this game because everyone already yes. moves pretty fast yes. and you can have Righteous Glory as a boots enchant. Um, I kind of agree. I love so Nimbus Cloak, but I don't think it's practical here. Yeah. Um, Nimbus Cloak, of course, anytime you use a summoner spell, so that's like Ignite or Flash, you get a speed boost. In PC, that's really useful for characters like Galio who want to go in, land their spells, and then don't have a way out. When I'm playing Galio in League of Legends Wild Rift, I simply run away. Um, and especially because I have Righteous Glory as an enchantment, or as a boots enchantment, it's very easy. I do think that will be niche scenarios where certain champs would want Nimbus Cloak, but I feel like Alistair could do, could do with it. But you have to you have to take it instead of um, Pack oh, wait. Hunter, which Sorry, makes I'm it an idiot. completely useless. I'm a, I'm a total champion. idiot. I got this mixed up with a uh, face rush. Nimbus Cloak sucks. <laughs> Yes, true. Glad we yeah, got that. I couldn't make something. Face, face rush, rush already okay. in this game, bud. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I never took face rush, right? But yeah. Um, Who would you take Nimbus on? So, well, I was thinking like maybe Alistair, something Cannon. like that, that that is commit. Like uh, the other one came to mind was Amumu, but all sure, of the yeah. champions that I might use it on are champions that 
um, need to run Pack Hunter in order to have any gold because no. they don't have enough mobility to finish kills. Not or, a Moomoo. Think about it this way. The champs that I, they want to make you take Ultimate Shield on are the champs that you're going to take Nimbus Cloak on. So Cannon, Morgana. So it's something where you out and then you have to move. Uh, Maybe Karma. I think those would be the champs that you would consider Nimbus Cloak on. But even then, I don't know if it's the best. Well, Kar Karma needs Pack Hunter. So. Sure, yeah. Um, similar problem. We do have Demolish. Uh, Demolish added to this game lets you take turrets faster Love that. Love again that. because it's in inspiration rune none of the supports can run it um <laughs> I, I don't know if that's intentional but it certainly does stop me from being a support and running demolish for free which is kind of annoying but i've been running it on a lot of characters that probably shouldn't run it and nobody expects me to have it yet so i build holebreaker first item and then run yes. demolish and just chew through sideline turrets at a truly terrifying pace yeah, I'm very happy to see Laning Face get buffed a bit in this game. Or rather, Laning Face have some importance in this game. I think that's that, that makes me very happy. Um, there weren't really any item changes that felt super important to me. They they tweaked Ixtali Seed Jar, as I referenced earlier, yes. which is very funny to me. And it does make more sense. It's more on characters who I think would run it now. But I still... I mean, I'm still not going to read it because no I'm one's not going to run it. Um, yeah. It's very funny to me that they're still trying to make Ixtali Seed Jar a thing. It's a meme at this point, but I like it. They made it easier to buy Heal Cut, Executioner's Calling, and Oblivion Orb are both better at being quick items you pick up to stop people from regenerating so much, which is very good. Um, everything else fe felt pretty normal to me. Slight buffs to uh, Void Staff and Charge Blade, uh, and Rylai's Crystal Scepter, none of which felt very remarkable. Did any, I don't know if you skimmed these, did any of these champion changes excite you? Um, or ought we to move on? I think Akali is already playable, so buffing her a little bit, it's going to help. I think that's going to be, you know Riot does this, right? Like Riot buffs fun to watch champions before big international events. I don't know if that was their intent this time. I don't know if it's consistent with what they're planning to do for a while. It's something they did in League PC for a while. And I, I would love to see more Akali at icons. That's stuck. Sure. Um, it it is like um I, one of the things I've been noticing with Wild Rift's balancing is it feels like they are looking at Europe uh, solo queue and taking a lot of stats from that, which makes sense because it's the biggest Western region, so it's probably a really good go to if they just need stat pools. But a lot of the time, I'm seeing things like reflect that meadow, which I don't think is super in touch with the things that need to be changed. Um. So their note here was that Akali has been underperforming. I believe that Akali is underperforming in solo queue because a lot of people in solo queue very obviously don't know how to play her. She's hard. Um, yes. But her numbers are fine. And Riot Games, because they buff based on numbers, which isn't wrong or right, it is just the way they do it, because they look at the numbers and they say, okay, Akali's win rate is low, and then they buff Akali, that means that even though her numbers are fine, those numbers are now really good. Yes. And so people are going to learn to play her, and she's going to be terrifying. That's the part that I disagree with. I, I, I see people play Akali on League PC. She's been out for like two years, and I still think people don't use her. I think she has one of the hardest kits, too. She has the one of the highest skill ceilings in League of Legends, close up. The skill flaw is not insane, but I think her skill ceiling is crazy high. Yeah, I think that's a really good note, um, because the 
Like, Akali isn't actually that hard to play. She's hard to play well, but yes. she's not that hard to play. She's extremely hard to min-max. If you really milk every last bit of damage out of her, that's extremely hard. But she's not hard to play. So, what I've seen so far of this patch is Akali is going to be in your solo queue games and pretty good. And Akali is going to be in your pro games and ludicrous. I love that, bro. That's, that's always a lot of fun. I love me some Akali. Um, oh, fun fact. We have a guy caught Shy from WCS as our first seed going to Icon. So we might not have the Shy Akali, but we'll have Shy Akali for sure. Sure. <laughs> Close enough. That, see, we're trying to avoid looking like Walmart brand League of Legends. <laughs> well, about that. Um, they nerfed Galio, which I'm pissed about. I understand I mean, why, because he was seeing a ton of play in pro, uh, yeah, especially well in China. Deserved. Very well deserved, honestly. He's but they specifically nerfed the part of Galio that's fun to play. This is like the second time that they've done this. With Galio specifically. Rather than nerfing his numbers, they nerf the parts of his kit that are fun to use. Yeah, the uh, and they did this I to me in League of Legends should. PC as well. It's very upsetting. Yeah, I don't think they should nerf his numbers anymore because he's already never getting played in mid lane. I think what they need to do is they need to... I, I get... I, I honestly get why they nerfed, they did this nerf. Like, I agree, it's it's anti-fun for Galio players, but I did feel it was a bit too strong. Well, and they, well, they don't have the option to nerf his numbers, I think. And in fact, they did buff his AP scaling, which I think was needed. You need to give AP Galio some love. Well, let's talk about what they did. What they did is they made it slower for his taunt to open. Yes. So it's much harder it was to, much harder to pull people in. Um, yes. My thing with this is the way Wild Rift plays. I don't think it actually makes me any less powerful, because probably not because you're still flashing in anyway. Yeah, the way Wild Rift plays, like you move fast enough that it is pretty hard for somebody to get out of a, a position uh, that I am going to yeah. talk. Right, angles are smaller, the map is smaller, there's less space to run away from the charge. Yeah. If if I set up the fight correctly. I'm gonna get the tool. What it does mean is that that little play where I engage and I hit the taunt button feels less fluid and I have to stand there like I'm taking a shit in an <laughs> airplane <laughs> But they gave you Nimbus Just kind of squatted over going, <laughs> That's where the Nimbus Cloak comes in. No, it wouldn't speed up the Galio taunt, which just sucks. It negates the nerf because you just run at them while you're, while you're charging slower. Well, I'm not slower. The actual taunt expanding is slower. Yeah, sure. So you have more so, time to stick on them. Well, I have righteous glory. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's, that's why it doesn't mean anything is because I'm you already stuck to them with righteous glory. They're not getting you out of there. You could have both throw a ghost in it as well, ghost flash, and just send it. Yeah, and, and what it is a nerf to is bad Galio players who are getting free ELO by standing on people and hitting the taunt button yes. very fast and getting a taunt. Yes. But if you are doing the work of setting up your angles so that you get good taunts, this isn't really going to affect you. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's going to... It's not enough to get Galio sub out of the meta. 100%. Well, it is because he's no fun to play no, anymore, not. so I'm never playing well, him again. I mean, in, in competitive. The, the thing sure. is, everything sure, sure, I say, I'm... I have, a, I have a diagram I want to share with you. I'll make this, I'll put this in the show notes. We're recording. This is... All right. 
nobody's going to know why this cut happened, but they can infer. Um, so... Wait, I need you to send it to me on Discord. I can't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. I was finding it. Nice. So this is a diagram I'll put in the show notes. Um, you can find them if, you, if for some reason you don't see them, go to podcast.esportstj.com. Uh, where would you put yourself on this Venn diagram? Um, um, so this is Venn diagram. It's got three circles on it, just to describe it for anyone listening. Uh, it, it is the three diagram. Oh my god! The three circles in the diagram are on one side, uh, causes problems on purpose. And then next to it, engages in trickery. And then the final circle in the Venn diagram is arrogance, hubris, and/or hypocrisy. And in the center, where oh all three god. of these circles overlap, is bastard. And then if you oh cause God. problems on purpose and also engage in trickery, you're a trickster. But if you don't have any arrogance, hubris, or hypocrisy, you're not a bastard, you're just a trickster. If you engage in trickery and are also <laughs> arrogant, then you're a schemer. And if you cause problems on purpose and are also arrogant, then you're a punk. And so where would you put yourself on, on those three circles? Um, uh, I can't stop laughing because I'm trying to... I'm trying to justify not putting myself in any one of them. Hi, I think I'm a see, with I, what you just did, I really feel like you're kind of giving me punk vibes right now. I feel like I might be a full-blown bastard, though. Really? Do you, do you engage in trickery? I don't feel like you well, engage in trickery. If you look at all. engages in trickery, it says performer right there, so like... You yeah, know. That's cheating, that's cheating. What you're doing right now, this is arrogance. This is arrogance and hubris and/or hypocrisy. And I definitely cause problems on purpose at times. And you so definitely cause problems. You just did cause problems on purpose. <laughs> okay, so at the very least, I'm a punk. At, at the very at least, most, I'm a bastard. <laughs> Maybe yeah. you're a bastard. All right, goodness, good, good little side rail. <laughs> I love this, by the way. I'm gonna save this. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to. I I think it's a self-diagnosis tool. Is what we've. It's. Let's not. <laughs> you see, the reason, and this is why we do a show together, the reason I have this on hand is because I pulled it out of the group text where my friends diagnosed me with trickster. <laughs> so there you go. You know, when people say, I saw this picture and I thought of you, it's normally something sweet. <laughs> it's not normally something like this. Well, I figure the two of us combined are full, full bastard, right? We can, Pretty much. We can, I mean, definitely, by the... I'm glad, I'm glad we have that. That's what, this, that's what this podcast is all about. That's what we have in common, eh? Yeah. Um, go ahead and write in. Tell me where you stand on the bastard diagram. You can find it again at podcast.esportstj.com. Uh, just really helpful tool. It is. I'm um, so you, it sounds like you haven't gotten any games in yet then. You've been, you've been detoxing, you've not... been vacationing. I've not been back in Singapore for longer than two days in the last, what has it been, like two, three months? It is, though, uh, Leonard, a mobile game. Yes, but if I'm on holiday, I'm not going to sit yeah, down valid. and play a okay, game. Okay, valid. Start yeah. there. Start there. I'm with you. Yeah, and also, like, when I wasn't on holiday, I was working a Wild Rift, and I was so exhausted every day at the WCS mm -hmm. Finals that I just did not... Did not have the, the energy to sit down and deal with shitlot teammates and play the game. If I am yeah. working on the game, I find it very difficult to like play the game afterwards. And 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 yeah. I know some people watch the esports and they're like, "Oh, I gotta try that out." 
And I get a little bit of that if I'm not working on the esports in question. But if I'm working on it, I I've uh, the only thing I've done is look at video of Wild Rift all day. I want to go read a book or something, you know. Well, I think I'm the opposite of you. I usually do enjoy playing the game that I'm working on. I think it's fun. I I, I like being like you know down in the trenches with the boys, but <laughs> like during um, the event. Though. Yeah, but that's I, the thing. I enjoy I, playing Wild I, Rift. I'm getting old, I wouldn't man. be here, but. If, if I've spent all day casting, I don't particularly yeah. okay. want to play. Not during the event. I mean, like, even if I'm on holiday and stuff, normally I would just still play the game. But I, I genuinely think that I'm just getting old, man. <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah. Well, between you took, like, a year of holiday in Thailand. Um, Two months. I, I was like, uh, I'm going to... I'm going to go on a train journey across the American Midwest and that read a whole bunch of books. So the old person energy in this call is <laughs> off the charts. Is what we're so we've got old person bastard energy. Yeah. Cool. Old bastard. <laughs> That's the new name of our podcast. Um, old I have been playing a decent amount uh, just to kind of flag it in here. I think that the AD carry buff is real. I've been trying to learn AD carry. I've always yeah, been It's going to be AD player. meta. Can I so just bitch about like that for a quick shit. second? The WCS Sorry? teams that... I'm going to bitch about that for a quick second. The meta change is going to hurt WCS a lot. Because none of the WCS teams, not one that we're sending, is a Dragon Lane Marksman focused team. They're all solos or jungler, jungler focused. And one of the two teams that we're sending has a really good... Jungle, okay, but none of your teams has have a really good anyway, so it doesn't matter. Has a really good AD carry. Yeah, but your teams don't stand a shot. Our teams do. Gume is really good, okay? And... <laughs> I don't... I, I had like to get a shot in there. I... Okay. Let's Let talk me have about that it. one shot. All right. Leonard, it's time for our ranking game, our power rankings. Yeah, let's Things do get it. a little chaotic out in the world, so every week we like to rank some stuff, sort it out. Uh, restore a little bit of order to the world. I'm pulling up my chair right now, because I know I'm going to have to give you a visual aid to assist in this. Brilliant. Uh, I was looking at our the, the template on the Power Rankings form and noticing how it's like a 1 through 5 or a 1 through 4. And I was like, that's kind of weird. It's almost like a group draw. And then I was thinking about that. And the group draw happened just this week. So you should you should see the group draw here. Okay. So the, this is the play-ons groups, and we'll go through them in order. And then I want okay. both of us to rank how good each group is for the players in. So which group is the easiest group, which group is the hardest group. And we'll go... Oh, uh, well, that's easy. Well, we'll save, it, save it for now. We'll okay. go back through. So here's how, here, here, are the plans, here are the plans groups that have been locked. So yes. group A, these are the plans. This is kind of the group stage. Uh, it's being done GSL style, which is really cool. So yes. it'll be like a little mini tournament in each of these little groups. Group A and the plans, top two get out, bottom two Can are I just say, anyone that says the words GSL style or GSL format, instant boomer. It's only been like you, me, and Bun that I've heard talking about that. So, instant boomer energy. Well, I love StarCraft, so there you go. <laughs> you see? Instant boomer energy. Um, <laughs> do I know how StarCraft works? No. Do I love watching StarCraft tournaments? Yes. How hard is it? You just foggate them. You get your zealots going, you know? True. Really Zealots, <laughs> exactly. Zerg Rush. Are you uh, a Group A. 
Top okay, two yeah, get out, to the bottom two out of the tournament. It is Flash Wolves, uh, Furious Gaming, Nova Esports, Game Lord, Group B, JDG, Unsold Stuff Gaming, RRQ, Stamina Esports, Group C, Hate Daddy, Kid Stars, Riggs GG, C1, OMG, Group D, the Kwangdu Freaks, who I keep trying yeah. to call the Freak of Freaks in my head. Not that's a Freak wrong. of Freaks in this game, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's because of StarCraft, it's the same thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sentinels, Liberty Gaming, and Burrowroom United. So, uh, in order, which of these groups is the easiest to get out of? Group D. Do this? Group D is the group of life. It's not even group close. Group D is the group hard. of life for Group you. D is 100% the group of life. See? No Chinese team. Okay. Uh, not the number one seed Korean team. Okay. And the strongest SEA team that we're sending is the fourth place team. Or rather, the SEA team is the fourth place team. You have the number two Korean team, or is it number three? Whatever, doesn't matter. Same thing. And no Chinese team. It, it, it's the group of life. But here's my, like, true. But I feel like everyone in Group D could take a game off of each other. Okay, then I guess it comes down to semantics. What makes a group of life? Right. right like, right, to right. me, a group of life is one where anyone could get out. Where, when I look at Group C, I feel like OMG and T1 have the best possible draw. Right. I mean, okay, so see, we have different perspectives on this because to me, if there's a Chinese team and a Korean team in that group, it doesn't matter because they're getting out. But but it's a worse Korean team. It's a worse uh, Chinese team. Sure, that's true. Okay, that's and, a fair and we point. know so which it, two teams are getting out of that because neither Kiad Stars nor Rick's GG. Actually, I do think people are undervaluing Kiad Stars, and who knows, maybe they'll throw in a haymaker. But neither Kiad Stars nor Rick's GG are expected to do anything to T1 or OMG. Can and I just say what I? Yeah, go ahead. T1 is the third seed out of Korea. You, you, you yeah. were, you were, you were laying into the Kwangtu freaks for being the second seed. T1 is the third seed. <laughs> Uh, sure, there's no Chinese team in Group D, but there's Burrowroom United, who I think are quite strong, and OMG, who They're didn't look very strong this season. They are a fourth team. So, I feel like Group C is even freer. I feel like the team that gets out of Group D, I'll be, like, interested in. The team that gets out of Group C, uh, Okay, that's a fair point. I, I agree with your perspective as well, but I think this is just a different viewpoint on like what constitutes a group of life, but you are exactly right too. You're right that Sentinels could get out of Group D and Rick's I mean, they won't, get out of Group C. but on paper, we can pull up that whole narrative, right? But you, you can see a world in which the second seed from North America gets out of Group D. It would have to be like a remarkable performance for them, but it could happen. No, Whereas it would be, it I, would I don't take see that happening for Ricks or Kiad Stars in Group C. Yes, that's fair. That's um, fair. So by that metric, yeah, Group D is the group of life. Wait, um, then shouldn't we flip it? Then shouldn't Group D be the group of death? Because anyone could... Well, no. Well, I don't know. I think we need to standardize what metric we're going by here to make it doable. I think it's better I think it's better if we disagree and then we'll work it okay. out. We'll work it out. Because we, sure. we got to sure. find the middle ground, right? Yeah. Um... Second easiest group, I feel like we're just going to agree to reverse that because yes, it is between exactly. Group C and Group D. Yeah. So I'll say that Group D is my second easiest group. That's the Freak Sentinels Liberty Bury Room group. Um, and you'll say that Group C is the easiest group. That's Kid Stars, Rix, T1, and OMG. And then we yes. have two groups left Group A, which is Flash Wolves, Furious Gaming, Nova Esports, and Game Lord. And Group B, which is JDG, Unsold Stuff, RRQ, and Stamina. 
And here's where this gets interesting, because in yes. neither group is there a moment of doubt as to which two teams are going to yes. get out. Yes, and I think what's actually really interesting, I don't know if it's like fortuitous or whatever, but there's not one group that has a Chinese team, a Korean team, and a WCS team. Mm -hmm. Which and would be the group of death. If that happened, it would that be the group would, of yeah. death. Exactly, that would instantly be the group of death, but somehow we dodged that. So, like, I feel like the metric I'm using is which is the hardest for the fourth-seeded team or the least, you know, the team that people expect the least of to pull an upset in. Which group sure. is that going to be impossible? Um, I think it's impossible for both, you see. That's why it's so hard for me to decide. Well, I think it's completely impossible for any of these teams, not Nate, not from WCS, WCK, or WPL, to win a game in Group A or Group B against a team that's from one of the aforementioned regions. I, I really like Nova Esports. So that's the yes. tiebreaker for me. I think Flash Wolves and Nova are both really, really good. So I think they're the hardest group for me. That's Group A is the most difficult group. And then I would put Group B as the second most difficult group. I think I actually agree with that. Yeah. So then our only disagreement, and I guess we don't have to litigate it if it's just our only disagreement, yes. uh, is whether or not it is easier for ricks to get out of group c past uh Kyod stars t1 and omg or sentinels to get out of group d past of Freaks, course liberty of course it's and ricks, right? of course it's ricks i think that goes without saying you think it's easier for ricks to get out of that group oh so sentinels sentinels of course ricks can't get it <laughs> sorry my brain's a little yeah see this is this is why we're disagreeing though because i guess that makes group d easier by our metric but i also think sentinels are a much better team than ricks so sure. that, and if, if all the teams are better, doesn't that make it a harder group? Yeah, so I think, I don't want to go into this as like a whole thing, but I feel like Group D might actually be the group of death then, by that definition. But then we're going to have to redo the entire list. But it's, so but it's the, not the group with the best teams. But death group is the group that is hardest to get out of. Mm. But let's not go into that, let's just say <laughs> D is the harder group. If not, we're going to have to redo this entire thing. I'd like to report on my power rankings for this week. Yes. Uh, they were too hard, they were heady, we had to the like... definitions were not very clear. Form a cipher, that's my report. Over to you, Leonard, what would you like to report? I too would like to report Thomas James for this week. Word? Let me do a thumbs up first before you steal mine. Uh, sure, what's, what's your thumbs up? Five minutes late. Five minute late. Sure, okay. Good patch, I like it a lot. Love it. Thumb, your thumbs up is the five minute laning phase. Yes. Um, mm, I could go with a patch thing... I kind of want to go with the group draw. Can I go with the group draw? Yeah, I mean, it's so fortuitous that the group draw ended up this way. It's really butt-rigged that one. Because I was on that show, and, like, the play-ins groups are pretty even. Every single one of those groups has, like, clear favorites, but also there's, like, an interesting storyline. There's, Actually, like, a team or two that I could see getting out. I, I um, guess it depends on your definition, because to me, these are very uninteresting groups, except for maybe Group D, but it makes for... It allows for the most competitive teams to get out. Yeah, and so it because it's GSL, because it's GSL format, yes. the teams that lose round one will play each other round two. So right. we'll get fun matches. We'll get, you know, Liberty True, playing Sentinels right. in Group D. That'll be cool, right? Um, so that'll be exciting. And then also the uh, group stage draw. We don't have, of course, all the groups because we need to play the play-ins to figure out yeah, what the final two teams in each group are. We don't, we don't have enough information. But the group stage draw is, like, pretty good as well. Like, each of these groups so far 
has a clear favorite and i think the only one that stands out to me is i think eu team queso actually again the second year in a row team queso i think drew the group of life because they yeah, get sengoku in their group and sengoku is their t their number one seed from another region that's in their group and they are like weakened from last year last year they were like a serious competitor i, th I don't think they yeah. are anymore so, it's in case so someone check their balls. Somebody figure out what's up with that. I think you might want to rephrase the song. Every time balls, sure. we do a lottery draw that happens to feature orbs, and then we <laughs> open up the orbs like a walnut, and there are team logos on the inside. Team Queso get a good group, is what I mean. Okay, I get where you're coming from now. I had a different thing in mind. I do like the groups, I think it's fine. I mean, the main thing is, yeah, Group B, right? But I think it's still. Mm, I think it's fine because I think the play-ins are very even. We're not going to see any undeserving teams sneak by, and that should make for a very interesting group stage as well. Although I think the format is really good, the draws are really good, it worked out about as well as it could have. I'm very happy with it as a spectator. My thumbs up is the groups. Yours is the new five-minute landing phase. I'm going for another one, which is this podcast. It is over. Thank you very much for listening. We do a weekly show that you can subscribe to on basically any podcast player as well as at podcast.esportstj. Dot com. Uh, Omo is on Twitter at Omo2 underscore 2. I'm on Twitter at EsportsTJ and also at EsportsTJ.com if you'd like to find more. I've got a, uh, if you want more of my takes on esports, I've got an article going up that is this week that is called I Simulated the Entire Tournament So Now You Don't Have to Watch It. Um, wow. And I go through every single uh, uh, outcome that I see and I try and forecast the entire event. It's a lot of fun, it's a I dumb guess. article. For icons. It's a dumb that article. It's very fun. Uh, I've also got some patch note stuff going up on that site that week. That's all uh, over at esportstj.com, and I'll put it in the show notes once uh, or if it is up before this podcast goes up. Uh, Leonard, are you doing anything this week, or are you just getting back from vacation, living the life? Well, I'm doing VCT this week, but other than that, I'm pissed chilling. Can we get shout that out when you're on the Valorant Champions Tour? Don't know, don't care. Doesn't matter. Sorry? I'll be on when I'm on. I don't know. You don't know. Okay. Where, where Tomorrow, can people find think, you? But yeah. You already told them, Twitter. Oh, yeah, follow him on Twitter. See if he tweets out <laughs> when he's on VCT. Congrats on getting VCT. Sure. Icons is in like three weeks. That'll be a ton of fun. You can find our <laughs> continuing coverage as the event goes on here on this uh, website and podcast feed. We'll Fantastic. try. Normally, we just drop the show during events. But I feel like we should try and like do something mid-event for we icons. For uh, it'll depend if we're there or not, but uh, it'll be fun to like try and work something out, regardless. Yes, fantastic. Um, that's everything. Thanks for listening. Peace.